Benny, what episode is this? 29. Episode 29 of the Real Talk Podcast. It's your host, Joey. And Thomas. And if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and comment down below. Please comment. If you comment, TP will shout you out next episode. Yeah. Anyone who comments that says TP shout me out, I'll shout them out. Shout out Anne Grace. One more time. Once again, shout out my Anne Grace. <laughs> Yo, busy day, Ed. Busy day. But it's like one of those good days. Oh, I love it. Like I woke up sun was it was actually i left my window open so it was pretty cold but yeah i think it's like surreal to me like i was driving here i'm like damn like our like our jobs right we're going filming a podcast going to help the soup kitchen and film content there then go shoot a real estate thing for Corey, shoot internal content while we're shooting for Corey, meeting with people in the community it's it's crazy it's a good friday good it's a good way to cap off the week for sure good friday. And this is definitely a great episode to cap off the week as well and start the day as well exactly i like this yeah so, like these early. Who do we got on today, TP? Tell me. Today, we have on CJ Hendricks. CJ is the new athletic director at South Brunswick High School. He has been taking high school athletics to a whole nother level. CJ has been incorporating content and also creating other opportunities for students and alumni as well that will only help grow what he is already doing. You may have also seen him on one of your favorite game shows back in the day. Ladies and gentlemen, CJ Hendricks. Woo! Yes, sir. sir. How's it going, sir? What's going on? Right. Repping the, repping the South Brunswick. I love it. I love it. How you doing today? Yeah, no, nah, I'm doing great, man. Blessed. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, another day to get after it. So, 100%. Big South Brunswick guys. Big South Brunswick. We had some South Brunswick heads on here before. Yeah, South Brunswick supportive. Yeah. We, we support our own. Our communities. Yeah, exactly. Jo- Joe's, Joe's a Bridgewater guy. Right, yeah. yeah, so. Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Panther. buddy. Yeah. South Brunswick do anything with Bridgewater sports-wise anymore? We play, uh, we play in a couple of sports. We try and pick up games around, like, you know, Mercer County, Monmouth, yeah. like Somerset. So we, we bounce around a little bit. They're a big school district like us, so they're pretty comparable in terms of, like, competitive level. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always pretty strong. So, yeah, we mix it up with them every now and again. 100%. So what sort of originally got you into even on the path to end up where you are today? Was it just playing baseball as a kid, like? Where did that sort of start off for you? Well, I've always kind of really been involved with, like, sports and really, like, engaging in activities. So, um, you know, as a kid playing sports growing up, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be a, a PE teacher when I was in eighth grade. And so I had a really good experience with the teachers that I had, and it was fun. I was like, this is – you get paid to do this. And, and so <laughs> I, uh, I kind of cling to that, and I started to do my research. And, you know, when kids are talking about going to school to be an engineer or to go to law school or go and be a doctor, I kind of, like – took the route of oh, I'm gonna see what like these teach this teaching thing is about um I had educators in my family uh and so for me it was you know I was intrigued to like find out if this is a career path that I want to take so I started doing my homework I started you know coaching you know with volunteering with rec programs I started I was playing myself at the time basketball and baseball and then eventually how that kind of you know moved into just me looking for like the best program for me to start my career so um I graduated from Lawrence High School uh, went to Wesley College down in Dover, Delaware, got my degree, did my master's program at CCNJ in um, sports administration, administration and management. And and really, you know, just surrounded myself with people who like knew what they were talking about. Like, you know, when you're around a certain field, you kind of get who gets it. Mm-hmm. And so I would kind of seek those people out and just be a sponge. And um, I didn't think I was going to end up in administration, to be honest with you. I just kind of was happy with the idea that I was going to teach and coach the rest of my life for the next 30 years. Um, but I always did say I kind of work in like five year plans. Like I've done that since I was like in high school. Like this is year one, year five. Where do I want to be? And I've done that through college. I did that once I got out of college. And I said halfway through my time in education was about 15 years. Yeah. And I said, I want to I want to make sure that I'm pushing myself to do something different. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, again, surround my, surround myself with like really good leaders learn a lot, taking a lot of game. And uh, like I said, just be a sponge. So after, it's my 18th year in education. So after year 16, I'd got everything I needed to align myself with the next gig. And I was able to, you know, get around our our athletic director, who's Miss Elaine McGrath, who was a a huge mentor for me and and a trailblazer in the athletic administration world. So uh, she kind of like saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Um, My principal that I was working for at the time had the same kind of sentiment. And I just said, I'm gonna give this a go, you know? And I was happy with my time teaching and coaching and I do miss it. 
I do miss being in the classroom every day, like engaging with kids on a day-to-day basis. Um, I do miss being out there on the field coaching because that's just kind of like, it brings you back to when you're yeah. five, just loving that fire and like that desire to compete. Right. Um, but now I get to be involved with all our programs, you know, and um, South Brunswick has been very good to me. As you can see, I always snag <laughs> that in my gear, but it's a great place and I'm happy to be part of the, be part of the process for the future. When did you know that you were in love with teaching? Like, what was that moment you're like, oh, damn, this is, I love this shit. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to say seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Seventh grade, I had a really good experience. Like, I had, I always had pretty good teachers, you know, and, and I say it's like coaching. Sometimes you have good teachers, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have good coaches, sometimes yeah. you don't. Good bosses, sometimes <laughs> exactly. you don't. So, like, it's the ebb and flow of just yeah. life. So, you have to learn how to handle and deal with both. But at seventh and eighth grade, you know, I taught middle school for 16 years, and it's a very awkward and uncomfortable space and time period for most kids. Yeah. And so, especially in the gym, for kids who aren't athletically in tune. So, yeah. uh, so for me, I was able to see how well my teachers kind of connected with kids, and I was like, man, like, this is, like, really cool. Like, I could, like, talk to my teacher or my coach, like, on, like, a real, like, kind of level, and they didn't look at me as, like, a little kid. They looked at me as someone who, like, saw potential or was interested yeah. and they kind of fueled helped me fuel that so um i'd say like seventh and eighth grade i was like man like i like this teaching thing and again having educators in my family people that were you know my grandparents you know my grandma's from puerto rico my grandfather's from virginia and so they met when he was in the navy and they had seven kids on like a postman salary like my grandmother would stay home and just like make sure the house was good and every one of those seven kids went to college, like the first in like our family generation. So like they set an expectation in education, like you go to school, you get your degree, whatever you decide to do, you push and you be the best that you can be. And then they instilled that in their children. You know, there's 13 grandchildren out of those seven kids. So mm-hmm. all of us went to college and pursued that route. And so education has always been a really big piece of my family. Like, like you don't take it for granted. You appreciate the fact that you have it because most many people don't. And uh, so I'd say I like at that young age and it just kind of kickstarted from there. But I've always been in an environment that fostered the importance of education and learning and, and, and pushing forward. So in the role that you're in now, like, I mean, I, I, I kind of see you behind the scenes at times when I come out. So uh, for those who don't know, I used to go to South Brunswick High School. And um, when you were becoming athletic director, you let me know you were coming athletic director and said, might be getting a phone call down the line. But now I work together every season. I'll go in, film film games and stuff, create an amazing video for the athletic department. What? So I, for people who don't know, what, what does an athletic director do? Like I have no, I have no idea. What, so what? athletic administrators, um, and you could be a director, you could be a supervisor. It really depends on what, how the district labels you. But, um, you know, you, I always say you're a manager of people. Like uh, education, you're in the people business. I tell people that all the time. Like we're not like corporate where we're by the numbers and there's a numbers component to it, but like we're in the people business. And so in education-based athletics, which is what we really stress in South Brunswick, because we, we want student athletes. I don't want just kids that are good at sports because they could be great at sports and not do what their job in the classroom and not be eligible to play sports. So, you know, you're managing facilities, you're, you're balancing budget, you know, year to year. We work, you know, we try and make sure we're funding all our programs. Uh, you work with Title IX to make sure that you're giving equity to both male and female sports. Um, you're looking at, uh, you know, setting up schedules for our, our sports teams. You are doing fundraising. Uh, you're trying to find, co- you know, community connections and community outreach to make sure that, you know, your development levels, whether it's the rec program, travel, is feeding into your middle school and high school program. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of like just day-to-day management. You know, I'm dealing with coaches. I'm dealing with student athletes. I'm dealing with parents. I'm dealing with other administrators. So it really is just like managing people and like helping those people, like those really important pieces, um, you know, put together a great product. Like I'm very fortunate to have a really good support staff. Like my secretaries that I work with, my coaches are great. My custodians, uh, grounds guys, athletic trainers, nurses, it really is a team effort. And that's what I kind of learned from my predecessor is that you got to make sure everybody's in tune and, uh, and everybody's involved in the process. Because, you know, if you're not all pulling on the same rope in the same direction at the same time, you're not going to get the the result that you want. So it's a lot, I would say. <laughs> Someone asked like, what is being athletic? It's a lot. I, mean, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah. You think you can show up and go and watch when, games and that's it. You know like, that's, I mean? the, it, that's the fun part. Exactly. And I yeah. think that's what like you always hear of like the athletic director is getting like the, just getting all the shit at the end of the day. Like, oh, like this didn't happen. Well, go to the athletic director, this mm-hmm. and that. But like yeah. when you realize like there's, a whole like you put anyone in that position like, yeah it is it, it takes a special person to be able to handle all that pressure coming from all different angles but you're not just like like 
building yourself up and the other adults around you, like your secretary, like mm -hmm. you're also making sure that there's students that are kind of able to see what that looks like as well so oh, they yeah, can get sure. an idea. And I know, I know you kind of had a right hand through the fall, winter season. What was that for you, like opening the gates almost that to show that students can, can do something like this at do something like this too well first you have to you have to listen you got to be in tune with what's going on i think that's in anything that you do whether it's corporate whether it's education or anything um you know you have to you have to keep your ear to the street you have to kind of be where your feet are and you got to know kind of what's going on and what's what so for me um i remember just listening like my biggest thing is you know god gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason like you're supposed to listen yeah. to more of what's yeah. going on you, you know sometimes the loudest person in the room is probably the least smart because they're just kind of going and going sit back, listen, take in what's going on, and maybe you'll soak up some game that might help you to the get where you mm -hmm. want to be. And so for me, I just was listening to students. As a coach, I would listen to what students want to do. And a, a lot of things that we're doing with the athletic department now, I did with our baseball program. We used to do like, you know, Harlem Shake videos, like on like a fun <laughs> team they practice or like do the, yeah. what was it, the... Um, Ray Schremer. Uh, oh, uh, what was that? Uh, the, where they're mannequins. All the mannequins. <laughs> we used to do stuff like yeah. that because for me, it can't just be about sports. Like it has to be more than that. For me, my yeah. favorite part about working with student athletes is when they come back. When they're there, it's great because that's their job. Like to come in, be a yeah. student, play sports, get engaged, be connected to the school community. But I love the idea of like them coming back. That was my favorite as a coach. When I see alumni standing behind the outfield fence, like, coming off a work shift or like they were home for the holidays, like whatever it was done with Scott, with college. So getting that connection is, is super important. And the only way you get connected is by listening to what the kids want to do. I mean, um, you know, Thomas had alluded to it. Um, when I first was in line to become the AD, my biggest thing was I need to make sure I have the right people around me. I want a good team. Like, again, I have a great support staff, but connecting with alumni like Thomas that I know does great work. He was already doing work with our athletes prior. So for me, I'm, I'm paying attention to all that stuff. I'm seeing our kids' social media accounts, how they're doing their highlight videos, how they're, you know, doing a day in the life. You know what I mean? All those fun things, they love it. They eat it up and they want more of it. So for me, it was listening to what they wanted, whether it's putting together a media day, putting together a highlight video. Um, covering just games like a senior day game. Those are things that they want to see because their life is right here. Yeah. You know, everything that they have is through whether it's TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter. And, you know, it's not like, you know, my age, everybody's on like Facebook, like sharing a picture <laughs> of the kids. Like it's not for yeah. those kids. On <laughs> so like it's different. And finding ways to highlight our kids because we have a very special district. Like we do a lot of great things, um, not just on the sports field, in the classroom, but out in the community. And it's important for us to highlight that. Like, we shouldn't be the only ones knowing how good a job we're doing. Everybody should know. Mm -hmm. Because hopefully what we're doing is inspiring another district, maybe another athletic program to do more. And so I'm super proud to, like, share the work that Thomas has done with us. I'm super proud to share a lot of the work. Um, this year, we, we, I developed an independent study for a senior or a student in the building to shadow me and learn what it means to be in athletic administration, sports management, and marketing. And, um, you know, uh, uh, our, uh, our intern this year, Jaina, has done a phenomenal job. She covers games. She puts a little tweaks in her, and I give her the creative freedom to just go. Oh, she's outstanding. Like, just just she's go. Outstanding. Like, because when you, and, and I'll go with the understanding of like, hey, you got to be mindful of X, Y, and Z, but I'm a, I'm a big like believer and you got to let people just like learn how to figure it out. Like, and if you try a, a great, a great piece of great line that I got from um, one of my secretaries and uh, it always sticks with me as a parent is you prepare your kids for the road, not the road for your kids. Like mm. you can't manipulate what goes on. I can't stop every car from from stopping yeah. before they cross the street. They got to figure out what that, how to navigate life. And so that's what we try and do with, you know, with Jaina. Um, that's what we try and do with our student athletes. Like at the end of the day, like when the coaches are gone, the teachers are gone, like that's going to, that's going to determine who you really become, like what you put into it and how much you want, the passion that you exude into the things that you're, uh, that you desire. So um, that's really like the biggest thing. Like I want to highlight the great things that our kids do. And by partnering with people like Thomas, by bringing kids in like Jaina, I think it helps us, you know, show that we care, we're listening, and and we're looking to do this. Like, I don't want to flatline and just stay like this forever. I want to just make sure we're always taking steps in a, in a positive direction. With affecting so many different lives between, like, the students, the, the people that are working there, the grounds people, what kind of goes into your decision-making process when you know that decisions that are going to be making a, an impact on, like, everyone's lives? Mm -hmm. You're not going to make everyone happy every day. That's, some, that's a reality you have to live with. And um, 
and I always say in our program, we do what's what's best for kids. Mm-hmm. That's that's what drives my motivation. It's not what's best for me, what's best for the other adults. It's what is best for our kids. If it's going to give a kid an opportunity to do something, then why not do it? Why not give it a shot? And there are times, listen, we fall and we make mistakes. Like I've made them. You know, I've only been doing this for two years. And so I know mistakes are going to come, but it's how, like anything else, it's how you learn from those mistakes and how you adapt. So my motivation and my driving force is how do we do things that are going to help kids have a great experience? I don't really care about the wins and losses. We've won a lot. Thomas knows. There's yep. banners all over the place. And we've had great programs. Um, our track team just won GMC Relays, which was awesome, uh, both boys and girls. But it's not so much the trophy or the medals. It's like the experience that those kids had, that feeling that they had. Like we always, you know, one of our taglines is forever Vikings. Like I want them to always feel like one, they can come home, one, they always feel welcome, and one, they, they feel like supported and heard. So uh, you know, as, as an athletic administrator, like that's my job. Like my job is to make sure their four years here is an experience that they're excited to go to college or go out into the workforce and brag about and talk about like, you guys didn't do this, so we did that. Like that's, that's really what, what I get excited about. So doing things like a Hall of Fame, um, doing things like uh, community days, you know, we're getting ready to do like a, a golf outing and um, we're working with Mohamed Sanu, who's an alumni of ours, to do a youth football camp that he does every year. Uh, you know, we're trying to just make it something that kids are proud to be part of. And I already have like, you know, two or three kids that want to be interns next year. So I always told Jana, like, you're the, you're the first, but your job is to influence somebody else to want to do what you're doing at another level. And so that's what we're trying to continue to do. I dig that. Yeah. I mean, I, I always said like, I, I say like anyone's allowed to shadow me, like any student has interest in, in what they do. Like if I can't, put in the time to have a position at a place to be there like full-time, part-time, at least like when I am there to just kind of carry on that sort of ideology of the, the next kid up, like just from standing next to you for a day, just seeing what you do, like I can end up like changing their lives. I could see something in that and be like, oh, it's, it's possible. It's doable. Like this person came from South Brunswick. Like, I think that's a big thing. Like I feel like this year it, it's been so many Vikings coming back and kind of feeling comfortable to come back again and and kind of be around the be around the grounds and and visit and go to games again like I think this year like I've seen like I've been around South Brunswick even though I wasn't doing work like mm-hmm. just always you know being around with Dante and everything and you'd be at games and there would be you know it's always Viking energy but there's something different this year in particular to where it really feels like that forever vikings is really being like really implemented in this the whole program but not even just that like just like the and you spoke a little like off camera like the branding of like south brunswick almost Mm -hmm. like is it like what's kind of your idea on like enhancing that over time and not just kind of sticking with the same logos and the in the same designs of things or even just when creating, like wanting to put together content, like what's your idea behind all that? To be honest with you, I just feel like everything, if you're staying, and I said just now, like if you're staying like this, like there's no growth there. Like you're just being complacent. You're okay. You're comfortable. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things I would say, like you have to decide whether you want to be comfortable or you want to be courageous. Like you have to make that decision. It's, I can, I can sit here and just keep doing my stuff status quo and nobody bothers me and walk the line. But there's no fun in that. Like there's no there's no growth. I don't it doesn't there's no drive to make me want to come back and be the better the next day. So when it comes to the branding piece, like, you know, we started doing this with our baseball program a while ago. Like I always saw like, man, this like this logo is just like blah. Like it's it's our logo, but it's just like yeah. it needs like a facelift. Like it needs like something to like tune it up. So one of the things that I wanna do when I came in was I wanna redo the our logo. I wanna I wanna create a female logo that like the girls can be proud of. I wanna you know, find ways to make sure that like when our kids are walking around the community, they're proud to wear their gear. You know, I was all, I was, I would always joke. And, you know, Dante would say it too, like baseball's always got like the best gear. I was like, well, that's because the coach is the swaggiest coach here. So like, that's it. But like, that's a big piece. Like kids, it's, it's like the Dion line. Like you look good, you play good, you feel good, yeah. all that. Like, and I think that's an important piece. Like I'm listening. I'm when kids are like, coach, we should like, we should have like these hoodies or we should like, you know, have this set up. Like, let's do it why not let's, yeah. let's let's figure it worst case it doesn't work oh well we go back to the drawing board we try something different but like you want to give kids the creative freedom to to build and develop and create like and show that you you yeah. care about oh, what they're thinking is thousand well. percent and and like to your point of more vikings coming back i i think a big piece of it is that we're making it more accessible to like access our sports 
you know, and, you know, we're, we're inviting people. Like we're saying, come, come to homecoming, come to the, you know, state championship basketball game or come to watch us play in the GMCs or in the autism awareness tournament. We're just getting the word out more. And I think obviously social media helps with that because no matter where you are, you're in Europe, you're in Japan, you're in California. If you're following us on social media, you are in the know of what's going on. We had a Hall of Fame inductee. We couldn't get her out here because she was working in Holland. The only way we found her yeah. was because she found our social media and we were able to connect with her in some way. And her family was able to receive her award. But that's how we stay connected. The kids, they get it. Like, again, they they know how to make this thing work and how to increase brand awareness and kind of, you know, kind of pop in a lot of ways. And so we're not really like looking to just like be the next viral thing like we don't try and do that stuff we just try and do stuff like hey i'm gonna walk up to a teacher i'm gonna interview yeah what was your favorite song in high school <laughs> you know we do tiktoks like that so we do like you know which teammate would you not want your sister to date you know what i mean like <laughs> that type of stuff that like the yeah. kids enjoy like it's off it's not like directly towards yeah. athletics but it's something to keep them engaged and excited to come. i love create. the uh you do a segment where you you like walk oh 94 feet 94 yeah. feet so like whether it's a hockey coach, track coach, basketball coach. If it's a basketball, yeah. they'll walk down the entire basketball court and they'll just ask them. Just random questions. Rapid like fire. Yeah, rapid fire yeah. questions. Just yeah. random questions, get to know. Yeah. But I think it's good because, like, I mean, as a student athlete back in the day, I'm not, like, asking my coach, like, hey, coach, what's your favorite food? Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, he's going to tell me get on the line and yeah. go run. But, like, <laughs> as seeing your, like, for the athletes, like, it makes it for more fun environment, more, like, personable environment. Yeah. That, like, well, the kids, the kids like it, and it's funny because um, now I'm going to my, my AD meetings um, with other a- athletic directors, and they're all like, oh, I just love the 94th <laughs> draft. And I was like, and we're just doing different things. Like, I got the idea, all credits to Jay Billis, who's an ESPN basketball analyst. I saw him doing it, and uh, and we actually added him the first video that we did, but it was just like, I thought that was cool. I thought like he's doing that with college kids. Like, yeah. why can't we do? And a lot of things that we model going back to branding is I look at colleges. Like I look at college, like we revamped our college, our our athletic website to model one that like a college one looks like. You know, you look at your Princeton's or you look at your Villanova's or your Rutgers and you want to say like, oh, like how do we make ours look like this? Like, why can't it? You know, mm-hmm. we have almost 3,000 kids in the school. Our campus looks like a small college campus. Yeah, big as it is. So like, why are we aligning? So it comes with, doing the 94 feet, yeah. you know, segments. Um, it's creating, we create a Viking app. So now the kids have an app, they can get like all, all a one-stop shop for everything That's you crazy. need for athletics, a brand new website. Um, again, doing our media, uh, uh, our media projects. Um, you know, we just dropped the podcast of ourselves, which was like our, we are Vikings podcast, where it was just me sitting down with a person in our athletic department saying like, tell me your story. Like, how did you get this out, Brunswick? And the kids and the and the staff are starting to be like, I did not know that about yeah. like you would never know because when you're in a big school, you get lost. And my goal, not just in athletics, but within our school community is to find a way for us to find each other. You know, I think one of the toughest things that you see in high school amongst kids, is that, especially coming off of COVID, is finding their connections and their own self-identity like in others. Like you and I might be old like Pokemon heads, like used to trade Pokemon cards. And I would never known that unless like, (laughs) unless I had a conversation, unless I sat next to you in a cafeteria or like saw you wearing like a vintage Pokemon t-shirt. Like, yo, that's a dope t-shirt. Like you Mm -hmm. know, Pokemon or just seeing each other wear each other's sports. Like I may not know a swimmer in my school because there's so many kids until I see them wearing a swim t-shirt. Like, oh, how was the meet yesterday? Or how was the wrestling match? Mm -hmm. So I think trying to find a way for us to connect more because for me, a big piece of how communities grow is by getting to know your neighbors. If you don't know who lives next to you, if you don't know your teammates well, if you don't know the kids in your class, then how are you growing in terms of getting to know and you know becoming more di- yeah. diverse-minded? And how are we preparing you for the real world if you don't know how to connect with the people in your own town? Now you go to college across the country or down the road, or you get a job in another country, like how are you going to learn how to connect? And so a big piece of what we're doing with the brand is trying to get kids to understand like we're a community like we are vikings like and we take care of each other when we're in this building we're on the field i tell my players all the time we're at a party like if you see an athlete doing that supposed to be doing like you you get them in line like you make sure they understand they represent us outside of this campus Mm -hmm. so um that's a big piece within itself you know but i think that you know to your point it's it's a sense of pride. Like you got to be proud of who you are, but but it comes with knowing who you are. Like I don't really fi- really know who I was until I left high school. I feel like I learned who I really was when I went to college, and I was forced to meet new people yeah. and learn about you know people from all over the country. And uh, and I encourage kids to do the same. Like just be open. You know, it's, 
there's so there's all there's someone in this world for everybody. Yeah, like yeah. there, there truly is. You just have to figure out a way to find them, yeah, or allow them to find you. Yeah, it really seems like you're just putting the tools in place to allow, like, to allow the walls to just like come down between like different groups. Whether mm -hmm. it's like the swimmers and the basketball players, like you're you're creating an avenue that there is a chance that they could all be whether it's friends or go support mm -hmm. each other's own events. So I know you said like, at least for the website, like you were looking at colleges and saying like, well, why can't ours look like that? Was there, cause I feel like this is like rare to sit down with an athletic director and they're speaking about things like this so proactively. Like, was there other than like Elaine McGrath who, who came before you, was there another athletic program, high school or whether it was college that you sort of saw that was kind of doing things like this or was it just over time you were just listening to your own community. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we got we got good things and bad things from COVID. And one thing that I got was it forced me to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it allowed me to look at re like research and look at other resources. So really during COVID, I just like I, I just sat there and I would just look at other high school athletic programs, other college athletic programs. Um, I would read, I would watch like, you know, we have this thing called AD Insider where you're able to get information about other athletic departments, like what they're doing in Texas, what they're doing in Ohio, what they're doing in California. And I really just say to myself, you know, if they're doing it there, why can't we mm -hmm. do it here? And uh, that's really what I did. I just tried to like educate myself on it. You know, when I get into something, like I'm just like, I'm all in, like, let's go. I always say like, I'm full ass. I'm never half ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, full ass. We need to make that into t-shirt. Like, <laughs> ass out. You know, like <laughs> if you're gonna half, if you're not do anything like half ass, like yeah. you're 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 already in your mind shorting yourself from what potentially could be yep. even better. So in my eyes, I look at it in that in that scope. And listen, I've gone full throttle and falling on my face but i learned from that mistake or that experience how i can maybe dial it back to make it work you know you can't force you know a circle through a square you know like they say you have to make sure you find something that fits and again i, I pushed you know i pushed our, our 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 board our our district leadership and i said listen this is what i think we need um i know it it doesn't seem like much yeah. or i know it may cost a little bit of money but this is something that like is a point of pride for us like people can go to our athletic website and be like oh wow look at this like what are we doing with ours yeah. oh wow they have an app oh wow they're doing highlight videos you know they're doing segments they're doing like media uh, uh projects like um you know a big piece you know you, you alluded to it earlier was you know i want to we should have a sports media division of our of our tech program you know and i'm working with our tech uh uh supervisor to be like hey how we how do we get this off the ground yeah you know because it's more than just like being in front of the camera it's who's behind the camera who's on the crew who's learning how to work sound who's learning how to work videography all that yeah. stuff there's so many pieces to it people just think it's the people that stand with the microphone and talk it's not that there's you guys know it from what you do yeah. every day like there's a lot that goes into it so I wanna educate kids early because I want my students to go to college with an already established Rolodex of resources and the right mindset that I can do this. I don't need so much. I just need a little bit of direction, maybe a little bit of push, maybe a couple more like, you know, pieces of equipment that I yeah. can't afford myself. But we have to make sure we educate our kids and know they can do these things. And it's it's really about like how they wanna push themselves and what they want out of it. 100%. 100%. I kind of want to circle back to, I remember like earlier in the conversation you talked about chucking your like life into five year kind of segments. Mm. Why, why do you do that? And like, what was the kind of philosophy behind that? You know what, I, uh, you know, people say like trust the process, like it's a, a, like a trendy thing to say, but like, I feel like everything that you do takes time and nothing is like right away. I think the old saying is like, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Like, so for me, it's like you put in the work to eventually get to a goal. And if you want that, if the goal is big enough, it's gonna take time. So I learned that even uh, as a freshman in high school, I said, listen, my goal in five years is to play, you know, get on a college baseball team. So from freshman year on, I would uh, play JV. I would move up to varsity. I would play these travel teams, whatever it was. And every year it was like, I'm setting a goal to try and get to where I want to be. And then by my senior year, year four, I was like, all right, now th this is my push to get where I want. And I ended up playing college baseball. And then from there, I said, from five years from now, I want to be a teacher. I want to be teaching and coaching somewhere. Boom, you go down the line. Five years later, like all the things you need to do, getting to grad school, all that. So I think the the mindset of it all is no, understand that things aren't going to come right away. And there's a lot that comes with the success that you eventually want. And I tell people, it doesn't have to be a five-year plan. It could be a two-year plan. It could be a one-year. It really determines, you know, it depends on the goal that you're trying to reach. So I don't know. I just, I got in that mindset. It worked. The first five years, it worked. And so 
then the next five <laughs> years it worked and then i just kind of stuck yeah. to that that philosophy yeah and I, and I think like if you're looking too far out like 10 years in advance it's harder to make a smaller micro uh mm-hmm. movement towards that right because yeah. it's it seems so grand well how do you gauge the success how do you exactly. gauge if it's working exactly. if it's that far down the road exactly and then i kind of want to touch on before we hit, hit rapid fire with like so much media going on with like the kids and everything how do you find that balance right because they're always on their phones you're promoting all the social stuff like there's got to be like a point where like damn like we need to put the phones down or like to take a break from social for a minute is there like any any insight to that i'm gonna say first no they don't ever put their phones down they don't ever (laughs) want to stop they always want to keep going but my job when i'm engaging with them is to try to keep that to try to like slow them down it's like i said earlier covid like slowed me down Mm -hmm. i got i got to focus on my family i got to focus on the things that are important i wasn't like you know, you know, I talked to my wife and it's almost like there's times where you're like ships passing in the night. Like she's on one shift, I'm on another. She's got yeah. the kids now, I got the kids later. And, you know, luckily for me, when I talk to kids, I try and tell them like, one, every day when someone looks at you and says, good morning, you should have the decency to look up at them and say, good morning back or hello. And so I stop kids. Like if a kid's on their phone, I say, good morning. Like I say, oh, how you doing? Yeah. You good? And because you never know what kind of day someone's having. You never know like what's going on in someone's life. So I think when you slow things down and you you separate yourself from the social media piece of it, you're able to see the humanity in people. You're able to have those real conversations. So um, again, a beauty of of my predecessor that she always had her door open. And that was a philosophy that I loved. Like as a coach, as a student, as a staff member, whatever it was, that door was always open. So when you come into my office, like we're sitting, we're having conversation. I'm making you sit in the chair looking at me. I'm not distracted, you're not distracted, and I want you to know that I'm here to hear what you have to say. You know, so I do that in the hallway. Um, I try and make sure I do that, you know, if I see a kid who had a good game or um, I pull him on the side after a practice, be like, hey, I really like what you did. I say, hey, great job, you say I have to meet. You know, I think that goes a long way. I don't know if you guys have touched up on your show, but like I'm big in, my wife got me really big in like love languages and like Mm -hmm. what's your love language? And what I've learned over time is that my love language is words of affirmation. So like, I like it when people tell me, hey, keep it up, I, I see what you're doing. So like, I wanna make sure I'm, that's how I communicate my love for people. I say, hey, I love what you guys are doing. Like this, this platform that you guys have, like I've been following, I've been watching it, like it's great what you guys are doing. I only see it continuing to get better. And those little pieces of information are my feelings to you or to my students or to my coaches and, and colleagues. I think it goes a long way because maybe they're not getting that. Maybe yeah. people aren't telling them enough that they're doing a great job. Or telling them, hey, like, we should probably slow down a little bit and, like, look at it this way. Yeah. So I think making sure people know that they feel heard, seen, supported is, like, the best thing that you can do to get people off of social media yeah. or slow them down and have those real conversations. I was like, yeah, that's, like, a perfect takeout. I feel like COVID is, has been such a common, like... A pivotal moment in a lot of people's minds. A hundred percent. Like, it, everyone, what I've seen has explained it. Like, it, it was a time where literally, like, the world stopped Mm -hmm. and everything was just put right in front of your face and you were able to see like i was able to see what from i was doing what i really loved from that Mm -hmm. and then i was able to move on with go forward with that i mean we've touched on this great program but i kind of want to touch on a little because we never spoke about it before but you were on a game show one time i was (laughs) shit the wall the wall on the wall what's the premise of the wall what, what was the premise of the so wall? i don't know if, if i'm dating you guys but i'm certainly dating myself but back in the day on price is right there used to be bob barker the original yeah. the goat uh used to have a game called plinko i read that where you would yeah, drop yeah. a disc on like a little wedge like little maze and then it would go down and you win a prize so it's basically like plinko on a grander stage with a three like a three-story high plinko board yeah. And then there's money at the bottom that you could win, but the only way you can earn money is if you answer questions correctly. So it's trivia and like a game of chance mixed into one. But it's a it's a LeBron James and Mav Carter produced show. It was pitched to, to, to NBC, I want to say maybe like seven or eight years ago. Mm. Um, I watched it because I thought the Plinko board was cool. My wife and I watched the first episode and I remember sitting in bed with her and she goes, you and your sister will be because re- they put you in pairs. It's two people. It's either a husband, usually a husband and wife or yeah. brother, sister or two siblings, whatever it is. And she said, oh, man, you and your sister would be great on the show. And, you know, you laugh about it. And we watch, you know, episodes, like, here and there. And then maybe a year, like, my wife joked and was like, oh, I'm going to apply for you guys. And so she did. And I think maybe, like, after season two, we got a call uh, to send in a video, like an audition video, just, like, introducing them to us and, like, what we're about. Yeah. So we sent it in. 
no word back, but received it. And then, you know, leading up into like right before COVID, it was their fourth season that they had just, or third season they had just completed. And uh, we got a call from a producer and our casting director and they were just like, could you get, like update us on how you're doing? I was like, all right, sure. We did another video, sent it in. They liked it. And basically we started the process, but like, it wasn't like something I sought out. It was like my wife yeah. just like applied for us. And what's that process even look like? Well, one, you apply through NBC and then pretty much you just wait, like you get the audition and you wait to hear what they say. And you go through the process of screening where, you know, they do like, I'm sure like a background check they give you information. Yeah. They do, um, an interview at that point it was all zoom. So you're meeting with casting directors, with producers, you're answering questions you're doing just like a face-to-face -face. uh i was almost felt like a confessional like old <laughs> real world like it was like that type of vibe especially okay. with zoom you got to take a trivia test they try and see if you're even good at trivia because they've had people <laughs> have gone on there and stunk um but there's like a large group of people that they i think they said they have over like i don't know 1200 applicants that come in they get it down to like whatever number then it gets down to like your 30 so i think before in the middle of covid like that thanksgiving we got a call like the day before and they were like, oh, we're going to fly you out to LA and you guys are going to film. And so you don't know if you're in air. You only, you know, know if you're in air unless you see it like on, they contact you and tell you. Yeah. So we went out there in December. It was very fast. And it's crazy how Hollywood works, man, because, you know, I'm looking on like, oh, I can't find a flight here. They can find a flight. And it's like, if they want something done, they're going <laughs> to get you out there. I mean, it was literally like, COVID was a little bit loose at around that December time because you could like go out to places, you know, with a mask on all that. And I remember I always tell people like I left Newark airport when we flocked. My sister at the time was in Atlanta. So we met out there and, uh, and they said, um, you know, we need you out here in two weeks. I got a call the next day. We need you out here in two days. Can you leave tomorrow? So I had to go through the process of letting my superintendent know my principal, like I got to leave. But at that point, everything was remote. I didn't have to go into work. So when we flew out, LA County was open. I was ready to watch the Giants play the Seahawks at some like local bar, yeah. like never been out to LA, never been to California. And I landed in LA and the governor shut down LA County. It was like oh ghost God. town, like only cars that were like picking people from the airport, taking them through. So we were in Burbank and we're in a hotel room for five days. Can't leave because they don't want anybody to get like COVID yeah. testing every day. I, I mean, listen, the first day of like hanging out with my sister, like it was fun. It was like, <laughs> day, day two, it was like, all right, like we were talking about the same stuff. We can't leave. So we're like door dashing or like yeah. stuff to the room. <laughs> day three, she was in the bathroom. I was in the regular common area and we were just like, had enough. Just like, yo, get us to here. And to be honest with you, like originally, like the way we had auditioned and rehearsed, like the prep for it. I was on stage. I were I was like the mock person on stage and my yeah. sister was working trivia. So this whole time we're auditioning, I'm thinking I'm going to be the one on stage. She's going to be behind the scenes yeah. doing the uh, the trivia. And then literally like the night before we were filming, they flipped us. And so I know nothing, no trivia, like <laughs> like bar trivia. Yeah. Like you're at the, you're doing like the games like with your wife or something. And, uh, and she panicked because she wasn't like she just got so like filled with anxiety she's like oh i'm gonna be on stage like it's a whole different it's a whole different thing like if you watch a show like if you're answering the questions you're in a room by yourself like out in the middle of nowhere yeah while the other person's like putting on a show like you're the ringmaster <laughs> yeah and so luckily Brittany, my sister um she's just so charismatic like she's just such like a personable like chick like she's always been that way um, I think it comes from like her experience of Spelman in Atlanta. Like she's like, she's a Delta. She's just like had, like she's just yeah. always got that energy. She brings like the, the greatness out of people. And so for her to be on stage, I think it worked out best for us. Yeah. I didn't know how well I did. Um, and I didn't see what well, people don't realize. I didn't see the show until it aired. Like I, what everybody else saw the, the, the night time. aired yeah. was yeah. the same thing that I saw for the first time. Yeah. Brittany experienced it cause she was on the stage, but, um, it was it was so cool, man. It was it was crazy to see. And again, stuff like you know production and any media. Yeah. The amount of people who are on a set to put together a show is unreal. Yep. Like, and now I have a greater appreciation, like when shows or movies end, to like literally watch the credits and see how many people had a part in putting that together. I mean, we filmed for almost four hours that day just for a forty-two minute show. Okay. Like, so it's a lot. Like people think that. It was all like you were in and out. Nah, like we were there from 8 a.m. until like 1 a.m. Yeah. Because they were doing, we were the last show of the day. There were four groups and we were the last one. So the game show was was great. It was a great experience. I always tell people like, oh, like you won almost a million dollars. Like I didn't. Uncle Sam got his cut. 
New Jersey taxes got a cut and everything that was left over, yeah. I put in the kids, you That's know, awesome. so that they have the head start that I didn't have, you know. So that was the goal. I'm still driving the same car, wearing the same clothes, doing the same things. And uh, so for me, nothing's really changed. But you also like you gave back with that money, too, right? Yeah, we gave we gave about 10, 15 percent to organizations of my money, at least my sister yeah. got half. I got half. Um, and we donated to organizations that, you know, that mean something to us that I'm, that was involved with prior to the show. Yeah. Um, so that was a big piece. I mean, my, my grandparents, um, were always people of service. Uh, my parents taught me, raised my sister and I to be people, people of service. And that's kind of what we're doing at South Brunswick high school as well as, you know, we created this thing called the Viking cup where it's staff first student games that we charge like students to attend or be part of. And all the money that we're raising is going to go to a local organization, the Mercer Tafara Foundation, who raises money for kids who are terminally ill or are going through either cancer or any heart conditions um, over here at the New Brunswick Hospital. So, you know, at the end of the school year, we're going to we have a trophy that we give to you, the staff or the students. Um, the staff's winning so far, which is great. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're, we're right above like $1,000 that we're going to donate for their, for their programs for kids that, that need it. You know, so I want our kids to understand that it isn't, again, going back to it, it's not just being a student, it's not just being yeah. an athlete. It's about being a person who serves and a person of the community. So they appreciate it and they, and they continue to do that to pay it forward. Just like you were talking about before, paying it forward. Like yeah. to have all the information is one thing, but if you don't share it, then you're not making the people around you or the next generation better. Exactly. It's like selfish to just sit there and think like, oh, I, I worked hard to get this information. Like that person's got to do the same. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, you can make it, you can put that person in a much better position and then they'll take that and work hard towards another piece of information that they can then go teach on to somebody else. It's like carrying that on. It really feels like you're just putting great energy out into the world. And in time, it's just coming back in, in, the, in these so. ways. So some ways you don't see it. Some ways it's more in your face. But it really looks like it's just having such an impact on just the community. And uh, honestly, in time, probably just like uh, I, I can't even imagine like nationwide almost. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that other departments and other athletes and other just people are just going to see what you're doing. Other schools. Yeah. 100%. Well, that's that's the hope. And I think, um, you know, you get it's like a sports team or even being a teacher. Like, you want kids to buy in. Yeah. So once they buy in, you have them hooked. You have your teeth in them. Then you can get them to, like, see the potential of what we're trying to create. And I think it's a big piece of it is not getting lost in the idea, you know, well, I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that. Like, a big piece for me is getting fan involvement. Like, I want more fans at our games. Yeah. I don't want them at just football. I want them at basketball. I want them at ice hockey. I want them at lacrosse and baseball. Um but a, a big, again, one of my, my, my favorite lines to tell people is you have to focus on the people who are at the party, not the people who aren't, you know, that's a big thing. Like I, I focus, I'm focusing on the people that are here in this room right now. I'm not yeah. focused on the people who are not in this room. When you're a team, like if a kid's not at practice, I'm focused on the guys that showed up to practice, not the guys that aren't. Because when you do that, when you were, where's this person? Where's that? How come these kids aren't showing? I'm taking away from the kids yeah. that show up every single day to a basketball game or a volleyball game. I'm taking away from the people who show up to every meeting that I have to, to spark a new initiative or do mm-hmm. have a new idea. So, you know, I think that it goes along. And I think you it, it works in the game of life, too. Like you got to yeah. focus on the people who are at the party not the people who aren't. Because those people who showed up and brought the soda and the chips and gave you their time, those are the people you have to invest in. Those are your shareholders who then hopefully leave and go say, yo, you missed something. Like you missed something that was really cool. Like yeah. you got to make sure you're here next time. And so I mean, yeah, that, I'm just I mean, trying to continue to build that culture. When I went to, when I filmed the hockey game this past season, I was telling these guys, I was like, oh, this is the craziest high school I've ever watched in my life. Like these kids were. But you know like, what? To your point, those kids, like I, go, I went to a number of hockey games this year and um, – we only like a regular season games. That was senior night you were at. Right, yeah. so they were like five, maybe ten. Then it grows to twelve. And the guys, our our kids who go as fans who support their friends, were saying like, "How do we like, Mr. Hendricks? Like, how come you know we don't get a lot of people? And how come we don't do this?" I was like, "Guys, how many followers do you have on social media? Forty-five, fifty. How come you're not focusing on those people who follow you? Like, get those yeah. people to come out. Like, don't worry about everybody coming. Exactly. It's, it's, this isn't for everybody. Yeah. You know, get the people who you want there. Get your friends. Get your cousins. Get your parents to come out. So what ends up happening is that little by little, again, like that five-year plan, like start small, little goals, win those small battles yeah. each day. And then eventually you have that. Now, that was a crazy hockey game. Like, it was, was, a, crazy. It was over the top. <laughs> it was way over the top. <laughs> I, mean, like, I felt like I was at like a pro yeah, amateur thing. It was something, but eventually it becomes that. Yeah. So you can't get stuck on like who's here. Like those five yeah. kids, I appreciate them because they were dedicated to showing up and supporting that that yeah. very like under-supported sport. 100%. And so, you know, eventually it gets to that. And that's the goal, to eventually yeah. get to that. Yeah, I mean, yesterday I was filming the volleyball game. 
Dante texted me. I just got done with training. I'm at the high school. He didn't, I didn't even tell him to come. He came, watched the rest of the volleyball game with me. Ezekiel Johnson was there watching the game. Cause Danny was there watching the game. It's like, we're, we're, we're this, like, we, like, we see what's being done. So we're like, all right, like, I want people to, if I'm at a game and I'm going to it, I want to bring someone that used to go to high school mm -hmm. so they can just be back and like, whatever, whatever it is. Like, I, I want, I want friends that maybe weren't as involved or played sports back in the day, but really weren't like, don't feel like oh, I can't come back. Like, yeah. no, you well, can't. like it's that it's that battle against like being nostalgic and being like supportive. Like, yeah. like there's a big, there's a big like mindset of like, oh, like what are you doing back at your old high school? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's like, but that's the point. The point is to always have a home base. Like when you have yeah. when you're playing manhunt, there's a home base. Yeah. Everybody feels safe and everybody feels good. Like it's a spot you want to exactly. be. And that's where we're trying to make it. We're trying to make it a place where alumni are excited to come back. Yeah. Not like feeling like, oh, I don't want to have to go back there. I had this memory of that. Like have that experience, like, and then share those experiences to get more people out. Because 100%. there's there's such greatness to giving back to what molded and created you. Like there's such a rewarding feeling. And I'm not from South Bronx. I didn't grow up in South Bronx, yeah. like, but I've become so entrenched in the culture and the community that it feels like I've been here for a long time, mm -hmm. longer than I've yeah. been. So to get those people who actually grew up here, born and raised, gone off, done great things, to come back, that's the win. Like yeah. that's the banner that should be up. Like the alumni that come back, the people that we continue to have, you know, be part of our program. So, you know, when you look at a guy like Thomas who comes back and does like our media projects, like the kids love it. When you have Dante who comes back and just training with our Saturdays, the kids love it. We just, you know, Muhammad, who played, you know, 11 years in the NFL, comes back into his youth clinic or just shows up to see his family, loves it. We just had another NFL player um, just get drafted, Justin yeah. Shorter, who came back the week after getting drafted to speak with our football players at their morning leadership meeting. Like, those are the wins. And that's what every athletic administrator, every school principal, every superintendent should want happening in their districts. And so that's what we're, we're, we're trying to continue to foster. If I was in middle school right now, I'd be stoked to go to South Brunswick High School. Well, we're starting them young too. Like, I, like, we really are. I mean, I've, I'm on like number five or six. I go to elementary schools and I speak to the fifth graders about how awesome our middle school program is. At the end yeah. of the school year, I'm going to go sit with the eighth graders and, and meet with them and tell them how awesome athletics and extracurriculars are at the high school. So you got to start at the like you got to start at those fundamental foundational levels. You got to get them in elementary school to be excited. You yeah. got to develop them in middle school, and you got to have them prepared to compete at the high school. Yeah. So that's that's our philosophy and how we go about it. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right, we do a segment on our show where you just spit rapid fire questions at you. All right. All right. Um, you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Favorite travel destination? Favorite travel destination was definitely uh, Aruba with my wife for our, for our wedding. Most underrated sport? Most underrated sport? I'm going to say uh, ice hockey, man. Favorite baseball team? Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Best pizza place in South Brunswick? Delizia. Why the Cardinals? <laughs> Um, so I was, I hate this, it's not going to be rapid, but, uh, so I was originally, my mom is a Mets fan. So I was born as a Mets fan. My dad was a big Reggie Jackson fan. One of the few teams I got to see when he grew up in Puerto Rico was like the Oakland athletics. So like he was an A's fan still to this day. I became an A's fan in that Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco era. Tony La Russa was their manager. He moved to St. Louis who brought Mark McGuire with them. My high school was the yeah. Cardinals. They were the Cardinals. We wore the same gear. I was a big Cardinals fan from then on out. That's awesome. You know what's funny? That all just went over Joe's head. He has no idea of <laughs> any of those names. Are you like, are you like a go sports guy? I'm no. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go sports. Like, I'll go to the games, you know, yeah. I'll chill, I'll have a good time. But dude, it's just so time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, just to keep lives. up with sports. Yeah, he just lives. Through. I just make videos. Uh, yeah. That's literally all I do. That, not for nothing. That's sports now. Yeah. I mean, look at how sports has developed media wise. Like it wasn't what we were 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Like now it is every, every major league team, whether it's baseball, uh, Football, basketball has a TikTok, yeah. has an Instagram, yeah, it's great. has a media department. Yeah. So like, that's it's you, you were you were. Wait, on wait, it's funny because we make content for sports teams, but I don't yeah. like watch the games. Yeah, no. Like we we did no, a shoot no. for like the Red Bulls one time, and I'm like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's cool that I, I think it's cool to have like Thomas when he's when we go on sports shoots, who has like an eye for you know like sports and stuff, and then I have an eye for marketing. So it's like we yeah. can kind of it's kind of, we're just, kind of just me in the middle exactly so he's my good. he's my consigliere when it comes to sports he's like yo are you watching this tonight i'm like problem <laughs> maybe that's funny content that you want to be doing in the future for 
South Brunswick. I want to do more like behind the scenes type stuff, like a day in the life. I know you had done a video like that, or yeah. you have done you've done work like that in the past. But like a day in the life, like you know, wake up with one of our student athletes and see what their day looks like. Follow them the class, like Same. follow them the practice. Um, also get a, a greater idea of like, you know, the philanthropy that we do, the community service that mm-hmm. we do. I would love to get us to capture that, That's, um, yeah. in these, uh, community service projects. Cause our, our sports teams do so much. I think sports teams everywhere do a lot in athletic programs, but I want to highlight like those, those human core values that, that yeah. we stress and we push. Um, I think those should be highlighted as much as a championship win or. Yeah, we're, we're, we're huge on that. We think mm. that those are the, that they should be at the forefront. Like, yeah. That's what we're going to do right after this. Yeah. Literally. I don't know if you ever heard of Elijah's Promise in New yeah, Brunswick. Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah, so we're, we're, we're filming actually, for them right after this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, like once a, once a quarter, we'd like to kind of pick a foundation or something. It's monthly now. Yeah, that we can go and kind of just shine light on. We'll make a video for them, shine light on it. We'll also give back, volunteer That's our time. Awesome. And uh, we did work for them and they wanted to bring us back and kind of highlight the different categories in which they do. So we were doing like a cooking class that they did and today we're going to the soup kitchen kind of highlighting that. Nice, man. That's important. 100%. What's one piece of advice you give your younger self? Be you. Um, You know, I think think, uh, kids forget like how how much value they have in themselves. I was talking to um, students a couple weeks ago at one of our our, uh, active clubs that we have and I just said, like, be you. Like, no one should stop you from getting what you want. No one should stop you or be a roadblock in, in you achieving the goals that you have. Don't let the other, the outside stuff, like we call the white noise, like get in the way. Don't let teachers tell you that you can't do something or don't let your counselor or don't let your coach, don't let anybody get in the way of what you feel that you're passionate about. So, um, you know, one funny, like one line that I always say is like, be somebody. Like, just go out there every day and just be somebody. You can, you, every day you wake up and you have a choice to be happy or unhappy. And it's the mindset that you walk into. Like when I yeah. tell people, you come into my office, have the right mindset. Because if you don't, this ain't the place for you. So I think it comes from like being comfortable with yourself, um, being confident in your own skin, being happy with who you are. Um, you know, some people have a rough go with that. Some people don't have great support systems at home or don't have fortunate circumstances or just can't figure it out or can't get out of their own way. Be who you are. You know, the world will see you for who you are. The, the facade, the mask, the, you know, the the code switching, all that stuff that happens in real life, like that's only going to get you a certain, a certain, you know, distance in your journey. So be who you are. And that's, what's going to eventually like get you where you want to be. Where can the people find out more about South Brunswick, the athletic department and things like that? We are sbvikings.com. That's our website. Uh, we have the Viking, uh, SBHS Vikings athletics app, um, that can be found on Droid or Apple platform. Um, we have all our social medias. We are SB Vikings on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, yeah, those are all the spots that you can hit us at. I mean, we're excited to to spread our brand awareness. We're excited to spread like our vision and our mission, which is to make sure kids have a great experience for the four years that they're with us and, and beyond. 100%. CJ Hendricks, everybody. CJ Hendricks. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. That was awesome.